Hello there, this is Jim the Keys bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. And it is a beautiful day once again. Um, if you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender podcast, the podcast about bartending, bar life, life in general, life in the Keys. Well, down here in the Keys, we're rolling into, I guess, uh, Halloween, you know, the holiday seasons coming up. Uh, today is Indigenous Peoples Day, you know, right in the beginning of October. Uh, we are on the downside of our tropical storm season. Hopefully, we got maybe another couple more weeks of activity. The water's still warm out there. It's so warm. Uh, and, you know, it's it's warm even you know, in January and stuff like that, I think. I think it is people down here, they say, oh, the water's chilly and it's 74 degrees. But, um, you know, it's just an interesting uh, time to live in when, you know, the water temperature down here doesn't change. It doesn't vary as much as it has in just 16 years ago. We're looking, I'm looking at the weather forecast coming up and, uh, we're anticipating in about a week or maybe a little less uh, temperatures not leaving the 70s, maybe getting to a high of 79, which is a big deal, a big deal down here. We don't really see the temperatures drop till then. Yeah, that's I like it a little colder uh, myself. I need to get ready for we're going up to New York sometime, you know, right in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we're preparing and it, it, it would, it would be horrible if we had to go into like 30 degree weather and it's been eighties down here. Your body really doesn't acclimate. Speaking of acclimating and uh, holiday season, we have one of our big fundraising events, of this season for in Key Largo is the Witch's Ride. And it is, it's fun. It's a fun, you know, it's for charity and it's women and now a lot more men participating in. And they do a ride uh, from our restaurant a couple miles north up to the Caribbean Club with a couple stops in between. And witches ride to dress like witches, stuff like that. And it's fun. It's fun. There's a lot of people, a lot of locals. Uh, but it's also interesting. The best part of it is not necessarily just the crowds and the energy. It's watching uh, during the day of the, uh, the event, they close off our parking lot to kind of put the police tape around it so people can just bring their bikes in. So there's no cars going in and out of the parking lot. And it starts right at the time we open. So people that want to come by for lunch have to find an alternate parking space. And luckily, it's on a Saturday. So the businesses, we have a, a parking lot a little south of us and one a little north and the people can find it. And it's funny that you know, people just see people milling about in their costumes and the tourists come in and I I just love answering the question. Sometimes that they're not very, you know, they look like they're very serious people. What's going on here? What's going on? And I'll just say it's a fundraiser or something like that. But if the people look like they could be in the mood to have a little fun, that's 
I intend to have fun. Uh, I, I'll say things like, you know, you got to remember there's a, you know, 100, 150 people dressed like witches, warlocks, whatever, um, all types of witches. And I'll just go, it's Saturday. And they go, what? Oh, it's Sabbath. It's, it's a Wiccan Sabbath. And, um, and then I'll, uh, I remember that uh, some people really like to engage in it. They go, really? Like that? And I say, yeah, you got to really watch out. There's white witches and there's the, the devil worshiping witches, you know, the old school witches. So you got to watch out for them. And then uh, someone suggested this year, I said, yeah, well, they don't, they don't really prayer pray or anything like that. It's all spells and incantations. And they'll look, and if they're serious, I'll keep on going. I think this year I got a, a journal that looks like it's old and it has a leather, uh, a soft leather cover to it. And I want to write some incantations so I can uh, say some spells, you know, uh, Uranus Expelliarmus. Something like that. It'd be curse, I think. Uranus Expelliarmus. That sounds like Harry Potter. That's uh, the one for diarrhea. But, you know, the curse for diarrhea, when you curse it on someone, it's a horrible curse to have. That's the worst thing to get when you're bartending, I think. I think it's the worst thing. I mean, there's probably a lot of jobs that it's really not good to have that with. And I'm not going to repeat it anymore because you'll probably remember through the whole time why is Jim talking about this? There's no reason to talk about it, but I was just it just came to my attention while I was saying that that the witch's ride curse. Um I can think of nothing worse than maybe a driver being a driver, maybe a, a taxi driver, that'd be a horrible thing to do. Uh, an elevator operator uh, helicopter pilot, pilot. But I mean, if you're a pilot on a big plane and stuff like that, well, you got, if you get about at that, you know, you, at least you have your co-pilot, right? And your autopilot. I wonder if they came it up, they just said, well, we have to have an autopilot. What if, God forbid, that happens to the pilot? Well, there's no need to go on any further than that. I hope you don't eat while you're listening to this podcast, it probably wouldn't be uh, very appetizing for you right now. What I wanted to talk to you today, I, I just, because of the witch's ride and and everything, uh, I'm talking, today I wanted to talk about value for how people look for value at the bar. You know, happy hour. That's what it is. Happy hour is about saving a couple bucks, right? For the patrons. Now, I worked in catering for years, and from where I'm from, up in uh, the Philadelphia area, I was in Philadelphia, uh, most of the parties and weddings were re-offered packages, and 90% of the wet, uh, parties that you had there, people had open bars where they just pay for it, and they have a selection of liquor, uh, wine, and beer for their guests going, you know, four hours or five hours. It's a pretty good deal. I mean, it was a pretty good deal back then. Um, 
when they had it. I they're not they're no longer open. But it was very funny when you see people come from areas or uh, places where they're not used to open bars. They're used to tab bars or cash bars where people come in and pay for their own drinks. Uh, I mean, they had open bars for uh, every so often. You'd have it for baby showers. Yeah, baby showers where you go and uh, work a, a a party like that. Or uh, after a funeral luncheon, they'd have a package where we'd be like, about an hour, 45 minutes, two hours, they'd have an open bar. And, uh, but at regular parties, birthday parties, anniversaries, you have people come up and mosey up the bar and they're usually kind of reluctant because they, you know, they get grabbing hold of their wallet and they're ready to order. And they see other people order and all of a sudden they say, oh, well, with no money. And they go, is this an open bar? And they go, Yes. And the person was ready to order a screwdriver or something like that. And they said, what is your best vodka? What is your best gin? Do you have VO? You know, it's funny because when uh, a lot of people, and this human nature, when they have to pay for something, they're looking for, you know, the most reasonable. Do you have other people that say, I don't care. I just want the best. But, you know, when it's them, I say, well, I just want to have a gin and tonic. And they, they go, oh, it's an open bar. Make it tangeray. Go light on the tonic. You know? So that carries over to when I made the transition years later to work, working at a restaurant. Happy hour. Now, I wasn't a real... I mean, I know of happy hours from attending bars. I know how it works out. Uh, it's funny. I wasn't a big happy hour person. Showing up at happy hour, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, I'd be there at happy hour. But, you know, happy hour is usually a little earlier in the night. And that's usually when, you know, for younger people, they're getting off of work. They're getting ready. They're ready to go out. And... um Happy hour is more of a, an older crowd, generally. And then when people come in, it's so they're so budget calm. You know, they're so used to drinking in the regular time. They're drinking draft beer, the draft domestic beer. And then all of a sudden they said, do you have any IPA on happy hour? Is Corona on happy hour? Is Heineken on? No, no. I mean... Do you have, uh, they'll go, oh, do you have goose? Is Grey Goose unhappy? No, it isn't. We just are well drinks. That's it. And people say, how about a peanut butter martini? Is that on happy hour? I said, no. And I try to explain to people and say, listen, it's not that they're trying to make you unhappy with not giving you the choice that you want. It's that it's to drive business in. So what they use is uh, to give you a little rundown. A well bottle of vodka, and most places, some people use a better product as their well. Let's say, uh, let's say they use Smirnoff, but a lot of a lot of bars they'll just use the no name vodka. I mean, they'll have a name on it. You just don't never have heard it before. And those bottles go anywhere from like $6 to $8 a bottle. 
That's 23 and a half ounces of liquor. And you go to a place and they charge $3, $4 happy hour drinks. You can see that in, you know, just two drinks, you paid for the bottle. Two ounces of liquor and the rest is profit. But so that's an $8 bottle of vodka. But if let's say you go to a Grey Goose and Grey Goose could sell for about $30, $30 a bottle. That's four times as much, isn't it? So you could see that if you, if you let's say you made like a three ounce pour for a martini in Grey Goose, you get about eight of them. Let's say it was an, uh, a $6 martini night. Well, that would be $50. You barely, you barely, if you don't overpour or anything like that, you're barely breaking anything with that, your total profit. But, you you know, on a, a happy hour vodka, that's a well uh, booze. You get like 20 drinks and $60, you're making close to uh, 700 to 1,000% profit. You're still making a profit and you're offering people a deal. And that's generally what they're doing. You don't want to be losing money. You don't want to start out from a deficit. When you're giving a deal, you're just making a more narrow profit when you're giving a deal. People, you know, you don't stay around much longer in business when you're losing money while you're conducting business and you're not making bank in order to pay your taxes for your supplies and your your labor and to keep the utilities going and your insurance and maintain a profit. So if you run a happy hour and stuff like that, your hopes of a happy hour is that you drive business in there and get people to come in so they can see what the specials are today, what the dinner specials, what the dessert specials. And, oh, this would be a good time to come in and say, oh, I don't have to just sit at the bar. I can go and sit over at a table over here maybe one night. And that's the draw of a bar. It is really, I mean, if you think you got a good bar, you got a lot of seats, you got people to come in and they like to talk to each other and stuff like that. But you drive that happy hour in a regular bar, you're bringing people in. Sometimes I've seen bars where they're so crowded during happy hour. And then all of a sudden, when it's over seven o'clock, let's say ours goes 3.30, 6.30, seven o'clock, it empties out. But luckily as a restaurant, a lot of times people are waiting to get those seats and they come in and right at seven o'clock, there are more people sitting in those seats. It's not happy hour anymore, but it's people that coming in to eat. So we're driving there. So I can understand where people are price conscious. They say, well, what? I'm going to drink and I'm going to have a couple drinks for happy hour and I'm going to go home. But, you know, don't, don't be surprised. It's not pointed that they don't have your particular brand of, you know, let's say, Glenn Levitt, a single malt scotch on happy hour. And you got to drink the, um, the bull scotch 
bull scotch. There was one called Black Bull, Black Bull Scotch, I'm telling you. I may have said this years ago and stuff like that. For some reason, because of the characteristics, the nuances of the the nuances of using uh, Black Bull Scotch, one time someone did ask for ginger ale and something for something in the chemical makeup and the ginger ale when you put them together it and once again i hope you're not eating it smelled like barf it smelled like barf someone ordered a, a scotch and ginger ale which i think is a horrible mix for some reason bourbon and ginger ale whiskey and ginger ale with it seem to be fine for some reason scotch and ginger ale do not go together it seems like scotch doesn't you don't want to put it with a sprite or a Coke, or anything like that. It's always a club soda or water with scotch. I don't know why it is that. But those other whiskeys uh, seem to go. And you know my opinion about it, if you've listened to the show long enough. If you're going that far along, and you're willing to pay a premium, let's say 100% more for a top shelf liquor why would you mix it with just some some mixer i mean why would you have it at all with that and take it from a guy that doesn't drink anymore i don't think about it as much as i used to i do i am always slightly surprised when someone says oh I'll have a Jameson's. Can you put some orange juice in it? I'm like, oh, God. And there, I, I'm seeing more of these flavored. It was in the beginning, years ago, when you had um, flavored vodkas. And now they're adding uh, all these flavored whiskeys, which, you know, went from vodka to rum, uh, gin, and then whiskey. She had peanut butter whiskey, got fireball, which is supposed to be kind of a whiskey base, but it really isn't, is it? It's a more of a liqueur. But uh, there's, uh, I've seen apple whiskeys, and uh, Jameson's now has a, yeah, it has an apple Jameson's and an orange Jameson's, which, I mean, they're just coming up with these. I guess there's someone hired and they said, listen, we got to expand our reach. Get, get me some orange whiskey. You know? And now there's got to be, there, and there was always the weird ones where when they first started coming out with the, the whipped cream flavored of uh, weird, I guess that's not weird, cucumber. Cucumber in, in gin which is, I guess, supposed to be refreshing. They're trying to mask the natural tastes of these liqueurs that you, liquors that you eventually get acclimated to. And now they're trying, well, if we can get someone to drink Jameson's, who normally wouldn't drink Jameson's because whiskey is harsh, right? For some people find it harsh. I didn't find it harsh, but you know, you get acclimated coffee and things like that and say, listen, we're going to get, we're going to do high C, high C, the fruit drink, right? Hawaiian punch, you know, Kool-Aid, orange Kool-Aid, Glenn Levitt. They didn't do that with whiskey scotch. That'd be the last one. 
I mean, to see a premium bottle of scotch with a flavor in it, that's going to be probably be the uh, harbinger of the apocalypse. Let's move on from there. Speaking of that uh, happy hour, and eventually I'm going to, you know what, I'm working on my, I got it tomorrow, I'm going to spend some time on it, figuring out why the, I had a couple of very good, um, a very loyal listeners to the show who purchased or attempted to purchase things on her website, get uh, through PayPal and the, uh, they didn't get the refund and they didn't get their gear. And I got to go and figure out how to get that to them, why that didn't happen, why the process went through and didn't get, um, so I, I'm not going to suggest anybody to go on that website now until we work it out, figure it out on ourselves. Because it was working, then it stopped working. Okay. Well, being budget conscious, there's really nothing wrong with that. People nowadays, I imagine, uh, due to the job market and inflation, and generally the world's always been kind of a hit show. I mean, if you think about it, everyone says, oh, the world is so bad. People are crazy and that stuff. There was never a time when it wasn't crazy. There was never a time you can look back. I mean, obviously, when you go back a couple hundred years, you don't get all the news from the far-flung areas of the world, all corners of the world. But because we're on this uh, 24-7 uh, kind of news cycle. Currently, there's uh, there was a horrible, horrible incident in the, in, in uh, Israel with the Palestinians and the Israelis, and uh, there's currently a war going on with them. But and there's a war in Ukraine, and there's always something going on in Africa, in the Far East. And you know, South and Central America, not in North America, in our in our cities along our border, um, you know, there isn't a place where there isn't turmoil, right? So you're thinking about that. You're thinking about inflation. You're thinking about your job. You're thinking about your family. You're thinking about the climate. I mean, how can you relax? What what can you do about it? Well, you really can't do much about the things that create your angst, but you can do something about the way you react to it. And a lot of times uh, we get on these cycles where we just focus on these things. And it's an echo chamber. So if you're having health problems... I know it's difficult, and I can't tell anybody who's going through it like some serious uh, illness to forget about it and to relax. But I can tell the other people out there that seem to get really inveigled and entranced by the things in the news and just get this thing where they got this unhealthy obsession with it. And there's always things. The news programs want you to do something like that. 
They want you to feel as if, you know what? You better listen to this. It's very important. You got to stay informed. But you don't have to be informed on everything. You don't have to stay constant touch with your um, sports team. I know for sometimes when things are going great in my life, I get old right now with the way that uh, life is uh, going so well for me. I mean, in March I had the heart attack, then I recovered. I'm back to um, I'm back to doing uh, my normal workout routine. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling in shape, and I can get wrapped up in sports it's like you're always your body's always seeking something to balance it i mean if you're too happy for some people there's someone in there to try to throw a monkey wrench into that happiness and kind of like overturn that apple cart i'm using mixed metaphors right now i realize that so um, yeah, there is legitimate things to be concerned about, but not everything. You have to really take a look at the list. If you took a list and just write down five things right now, the most important things to you, and for me, for for example, would be number one would be my family. So that would be Abby and Sky. Number three would be my health. Number four would be my friends and family. And number five would be my job. Okay. Now, if those, if something would bother me and keep me up and they don't fall into any of those five, I automatically know not to really worry about that. I mean, number six could be my finances, right? Where you got to creep in on that's closely tied to the job. If you're working and stuff like that, you usually be able to handle your your finances. So I I try as a rule of thumb to try not to focus too much. And if I take the focus off those things, like yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with the world events and war, and news of war, and things like that. And I can get all hung up when I think about it. That's when I have to forcibly say, turn off the television. If I get all worked up over my team, I'm a big uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan. And the weird thing for me is that when they're doing great, that's when I get an unhealthy... Uh, Kind of like worry some attitude that, oh, I hope they do well. I hope they get, you know, get, I mean, there is nothing that changes in my life when the Eagles win the Super Bowl or they're contenders for the Super Bowl. My life does not get better. It does not, it's just the way I react to it. Same thing with the, my Phillies or the Miami Dolphins, which I, I like the Miami Dolphins too. I know it's weird. I'm talking about like things like, Jim, why would you be concerned about it? It's just one of those things. For me, when things are going all right, when there's no major issues, my body or my brain moves on to something else to be concerned about. And I can't just let things be 
well and good and say, well, you know, this is where uh, you hear people say, you know, you should have a gratitude list and say thankful, like the same five things I mentioned. You know, the family, Abby and Skye, right? And then my extended family and friends. I guess that would probably be three. And then my health. And then my job. Now, uh, when those things, and even the job, like, think about it. When you get further down the list, the job is important. But if you're doing everything and taking everything in perspective and your health is well, fine, and you're not really screwing up at work, uh, if you're doing your, let's say you're an ace at your job, you should never really worry about it, should you? Because there will always be another one. You could be working, obviously, you could be working in an industry that's making a transition. Like if you're an assembly line worker in the automotive industry, where there's a lot of it goes to automation. You know, yes, you can be concerned, but you don't, it's, it's all depends on priority. That should be wherever you put it there. Hopefully, it's not in your top three. You got people, pets, and all that stuff in your top three. And, uh, you know, obviously, when you talk about your family, you, some of the things cross over, too. It's their health, their financial viability, their, uh, you know, their home situations. They're all per- they're all intertwined and stuff like that. But you, if you really focus on so many things, there's a lot of things we are concerned about that aren't really of the purview of things you can control or should be in the in the tops of your concerns. And if it's making you unhappy or causing you angst, maybe it's time all you have to do is take a little emphasis off it. I know. I said, oh, it's just cut and dry, Jim, isn't it? You're fucking, you're so excellent at that? No, I'm not excellent at that. I'm not always perfect. But knowing part Uh, knowing something's an issue is part of solving that. And that's the way I view it. And if I talk about it and mention it, then I become aware of it. And if I become aware of it, I can do something about it. I can potentially do something about it. That doesn't stop me from staying up at night sometimes, but it does alleviate it. So when you get the opportunity Take a look at your priorities. Think about the things you worry about. And uh, maybe it's time to reevaluate those things. Thank you very much. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. I will be back again. I hope you have a great day. Bye.